Coming up on Raw Conversations with Crow. I won the Namibian Annual Music Awards Pan-African Artist yeah, of the Year. Congratulations on Thank that, you very man. much. Yeah. Uh, but guess who was at the airport when I came through? My Whoa. brother, my wife, <laughs> uh, uh, my nieces, family. and my sister. Yeah. That's it. Have you had any like run-ins with um, racism in, in um, Zambia? <clears throat> in Zambia... Now, um, getting back to the uh, Marula song a little bit, uh, there was this, this talk that came out that the song wasn't originally yours. It was written by somebody else. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious. To That's interesting. Yeah. We've had scenarios before the time that I was in Rwanda, about three women decided to break the door. Whoa. So ever since we decided, no. <laughs> was that like the craziest groupie moment? Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> they broke the door and they entered. <laughs> So it's Raw Conversations with Chromes. I've got Roberto. Uh, people still call you Mr. Amarula, right? For some odd reason, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> of that hit record that just took over the whole continent oh, by man. storm, man. Nah, I did, but um, it was a great thing, and I think it's just a miracle, man. I think everything happens for a great reason, for a mm. purpose. So, yeah, we take it and embrace it as it is. True. Yeah. True. All right, so um, would you say, like... Do do you feel like you have pressure now after Amarula? Because like that was crazy, right? I I did at some point, but right now the uh, records we have um, on standby are as hot, probably even hotter than Amarula. Mm. Um, the only thing that probably we are looking at is okay. Um, will the songs reach out as far as Amarula? Mm. Because even as it is right now, the song is still growing. You know, like Amarula is still growing. Just, I uh, think, three days ago, um, I'd gotten mail from uh, a lady in Venezuela. Like, hey, this song is actually doing very well. Oh, um, yeah, in Venezuela. I was like, wow, okay. Um, and this is when it's starting to grow, you know. So music kind of like just um, keeps growing. Even when you think in certain places, it's it kind of like has cooled down. So... Mm. Um, of course, eventually with time, the new songs will pick up, um, and 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 it's a plus for us, you know, because the more songs, um, the merrier, you know. The longer they take to last on radios, the better for us, because it simply means your content is constantly being played on radio. Mm. Yeah. Now, what do you, th- what did you guys do with Amarula for it to, to work on the international scale? Like, what, what was your plan, and was there a plan, or did it just happen? Like. What happened with that record? Well, th- there was a plan initially. Um, and I think God just took off and said, all right, guys, take it easy now. Uh, <laughs> let me take over. Let me take yeah. over the driving seat. Let me show you what I can do. Uh. Um, our plan mainly was to try and reach out to as many people as possible. But we kind of like did not anticipate its uh, mammoth growth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But we expected it to be a great club song. But not as big as it is where you have people um, dancing to it, uh, people doing choreography to it, you know, people doing dance lessons using the song. Um, there's a group in Kenya that um, have floated a video on YouTube. I think it now has over 600,000 views or so um, and the likes. There's a, a lady from the USA who did a Zoka dance version uh, to it. Um, there's a, a lady called Kayla who've now become very close friends. She's from France. Um, she's based in France, but um, from Cameroon. 
um, she had posted one of her videos with her and her young sister dancing to it. And just that alone on Instagram has over 200,000 views, you know. So it, it's, it's, it just grows with every single bit of, you know, contribution from different people. And uh, we just realized, like, you know, now we do not have control of how to market the song. The song mm. is marketing itself yeah, as it is, yeah. you know. Yeah. So to some point, we did have a strategy. But later strategy? on, the strategy was to get the song to as many people as possible. Mm. Um, at that particular time when we were releasing the song, the type of rhythm and beat that the song uh, has is what was trending. Mm -hmm. So it was easy for us to um, float the song to different DJs. Uh, fortunately, um, in regions like South Africa, we had YFM who were constantly playing the song like every single day. Okay. So that worked for us. Um, in Kenya, of course, it worked for us. But the buzz, to be honest with you, started off from Rwanda. Okay. So it went from Rwanda, then went to Kenya, then Uganda, and then it just floated into East Africa. And then boom, done. You know, yeah. uh, everybody's like, okay, what's the song? What's the song? What's the song? Then once, once West Africans got hold of it, um, and then they believed it was a Nigerian song. Like, hey, there's a song from Nigeria. <laughs> yeah. And then I started seeing my face um, on Nigerian CDs. Those to my GDG CDs yeah. I have here. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Um, they're like Nigeria's <laughs> top 10 songs. I'm like, wait a minute, man. <laughs> It's not a song That's from dope. Nigeria, you know. So <laughs> that also contributed because people are like, okay, is this song from Nigeria? It's from mm. so a lot of curiosity around it, but it worked in our favor. Mm. Yeah. Wow, interesting the way it spread. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the video, like when I watch it, uh huh, uh, the girl in the video, yeah, that was deliberate, right? Like the color of the yes. drink. Yes, yes, okay. it was very deliberate. <laughs> we had like seven different girls. That I had to um, pick. Mm -hmm. uh, well, the fun part was actually hanging out with all the seven girls, you know, like, mm -hmm. hey. hey, hey. Yeah. Um, and to be sincerely honest with you, it was very difficult mm -hmm. because we um, actually, personally, I had great chemistry with two other girls okay. um, who are of African descent, um, of my color. Mm -hmm. We had amazing chemistry, like great chemistry. You know, like... They're those type of people that you meet yeah. and then it feels like you've known each other for... For a long time. For a very long time, yeah. you know what I mean? And yeah. it was just great friendship. Um, one of the girls was telling me her dad once stayed in Chingola mm. and the like. So we kind of like just bonded just like that. But then when we sat down and said, okay, we now need to start um, trimming down the girls and see which one we're going to pick. Mm. Um, and then we zeroed down on uh, Rajan, who's a girl that we use. Mm. So she's from France. Okay. And... Uh, we had not met her at that particular point. We just had a Skype call with her. Okay. And uh, the video director, Carl, was like, why don't we fly her from France to here, mm. to, to, jo to Jobek? I was like, you know, that's a brilliant idea. And that's what we did. Okay. Yeah. Um, also for the mayor purpose, initially, it's because she looks like Selena Gomez. Oh. So wanted people to think... That was... Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> and did people react like that? Some, some people, people actually thought it was. But then okay. there was a lot of more talk of, no, why is he using a white girl? Why is he using yeah. a white girl? Why is he using a white girl? Yeah. But you know what I mean? But for us, it was more... Initially, our idea was to have someone who looks like a certain celebrity. Mm -hmm. And people should be thinking, is it her or is it not her? Okay. Yeah. So that was our plan. But then when the video came out, everybody was focusing more on the color than on the person, the, the looks of the person. Yeah. But I think she executed her duties pretty well. She, um, did. she did. And yeah, man, she, she, she really did um, quite a, an awesome job. I thank her because when she went back to France, she actually took the video that side and uh, introduced it to the guys um, there. One of her close friends works, works for RFI, mm -hmm. 
and that's how the song found itself on uh, French radio. Oh. So it was it was a great thing for us because then it worked that way that she introduced the song on our behalf in France, which mm. worked very well. So yeah, that's how it basically worked. So it was a strategy to have someone of color um, in that song. Because if you look at the Amarula drink itself, what color is it, by the exactly, way? Exactly, yeah. That's, <laughs> that was my thing. When I watched it, I'm yeah. like, oh, so they got her because of the color of her skin yes. looking similar yeah. to the drink. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, then yeah, that yeah. aspect, I didn't really catch it. But now that you mention it, it, it sort of resonates. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's, it's, it's mainly because we wanted people to think um, it was her, uh, Selena Gomez. Yeah. But of course, it's not Selena Gomez. <laughs> <laughs> of <course not. laughs> um, everybody else focused more on something else other than, um, you know, the resemblance mm. and the likes. She is um, good looking, even in person. Damn, mm. bless her soul. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's so good. <laughs> all right, man. Like, um, the, the the video has over a million views now? Is it two million now? It has two million views on the Roberto Zambia Vivo account. Uh, and then these, there's the other Roberto Zambia TV account. It has 1.2 million views. Wow. So a total of about 3.4 million views mm. combined um um that's minus everyone else's uploads yeah, and the likes yeah you know like yeah. the dj mixes mm-hmm. um those uh, in different countries that love to upload videos by other artists mm. so on our official um youtube channels it has a combined total of 3.4 to 3.5 million views mm. yeah now, after that happened you put up a post on facebook yeah it was very interesting where it sort of seemed like there was some, some I don't know, some friction going on because of okay. that. Okay, which one? You did mention something like that on Facebook. Like what? my video, I don't know if it was it was something to do with support or something. You remember that post? Remind me. Um, I posted quite a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, you do. Almost every day. <laughs> but it was like, yeah, my video got a million views and it's like, I think you were talking about it not being celebrated among the people or something. Something. I like think that. to be to be honest with you, I, I want to believe at times we get to shine, focusing on some of the achievements that other individuals are, um, you know, are kind of like achieving, you know, and we tend to focus more on different genres. Um, for example, I would say the fact that someone like Kay Figo, um, you know, has got a great following in Mauritius. Mm. I would say Kay Figo is probably the biggest female artist from Zambia in Mauritius. Mauritius. The biggest, hands down. Mm. Um, Mampi has been there as well. She had a great following. I don't know what it is about the two ladies that, you know, the, the people in Mauritius really love them. Um, but between the two, of course, Kay Figo seems to have an upper hand. Um, she's been there, uh, I think, a little more times than Mampi and more than I am, uh, than I have. I think she's been to Mauritius, I think, about on four occasions. Okay. The event I had was organized by the gentleman who was actually managing um, Kay Figo's affairs in Mauritius. Mauritius okay. um, so he basically introduced her to the, the music industry in Mauritius as well as France. But a lot of people don't get to see that. You know, people won't talk about that. They won't They won't um, express how grateful they are to have an artist like her who's doing well in a different country. Um, for example, as well, Mampi was doing exceptionally well in East Africa. But a lot of people did not give credit to that. 
Of course, we have our artists back home who are doing uh, great, but we tend to focus more on select individuals, um, which for me, I find is a bit, um, it's a bit biased because then it's almost like everyone else is not doing anything at all. And uh, that particular post that I'd mentioned to say, look, my videos had 1 million views within this space of time. Mm. Um, others is, is still ongoing. And, and up to now, every, everybody, everyone else's views, of course, are still growing because people get to know certain songs mm. at a later stage. Um, I won the Namibian Annual Music Awards Pan-African Artist yeah, of the Year. Congratulations on Thank that, you very man. much. Yeah. Uh, but guess who was at the airport when I came through? My Whoa. brother, my wife, <laughs> uh, uh, my nieces, family. and my sister. Yeah, That's it. Yeah, not a single person from media or anything like that. Mm. Nothing. I remember my brother was tagging me in posts like, "Hey man, this person has won this, 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 and that. Let's go and you know receive this person." Um, it was the first time that the guys in Namibia were introducing that category, so it was a big thing for yeah. them. Inaugural thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know what I mean? Um, and they made such big noise about it um, in Namibia. Like the moment we landed, it was just interviews, 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 how we felt, this and that. When I won, it was interview after interview. Yeah. Then I come back home, I'm like, yeah, man, holiday. So <laughs> you kind of like start wondering like, okay, um, do people really appreciate what you're doing or are they just waiting for someone else to do it? You know, and no names to be mentioned, but we both know what would have happened if certain select individuals won those awards. Come on, man. We don't even have to joke about it. Let's not even go into those details. But that hasn't swayed me at all or, yeah. you know, kind of like just made me think differently about what I want to do. If anything, it's given me more motivation. Mm. Um, the secret to my success is when the more negative talk there is, the more hyped I get. I'm like, okay, no, let me show you what I'm going to do next, you know. So you don't feel celebrated then? Um, of course I am celebrated. Mm. I represent a great country. In I have, Zambia, that is. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm. I represent a great country. I have people who love what I do. Um, the minute we put out certain material, there are people who will, you know, um, run to it, get it. And you cannot run away from the fact that there are people who are like that. But of course, you, you look at the mainstream itself and say, are we doing enough to decorate people who are, you know, elevating our industry? Mm-hmm. And then that's where you start you know, seeing all these question marks pop up. You cannot blame the fans for not appreciating what you're doing. Mm. The fans will know what you're doing if everybody in the media circles is going to expose what you're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? If they are going to share that information, say, look, this person is doing that. Um, apart from the few that will be following you on your social media, those ones will get to tell you how they feel about you, all your achievements. But I think it is it is something that we all have to be part of. Um it, and it's just not in music alone. You know, uh, just the other day I was looking at uh, a post about um, the Zambian team recently, how many medals they won. I'm like, how come I didn't know about this? You know, yeah. people winning 15 uh, medals, 12 medals. I'm like, how come we don't know about this? But if it was soccer, everyone would have talked about it, you know. Yeah. So um, emphasis is just not on music alone, but in other fields as well. Um, sometimes we are very selective of who we want to decorate and who we want to praise, uh, forgetting that there are other people who are also doing equally well. And probably achieving even more than the people that you are looking out to celebrate, you know. So uh, it's it's something that I think in the near future we really need to look at and say let's let's share the the cake equally, you know. Let's decorate everybody equally with their with their achievements. And yeah, life goes on just like that. Mm. Yeah. Now, um, getting back to the uh, Marula song a little bit, uh, there was this this talk that came out that. The song wasn't originally yours. It was written by somebody else. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious. <to> hear. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Like, um, 
obviously this is not a gossip podcast so okay. i'll tell you uh-huh. where i got the information okay i hosted <clears throat> rap um tap okay on my show uh when i was still at when i was still on radio at power fm and he said he heard that the song was originally done by ice kid loki um we could call ice kid right now and ask him to say when has he ever recorded a song called amarula uh interesting enough the time that uh i was recording amarula ice kid was not even working with With us Mm. at all um we basically kind of like stopped working with him months before that okay yeah um months i think about five months Mm. before that um what he said was um there was some data that was left or something and you guys picked it up and made amarula it's actually the other way around. Mm. Uh, I recorded a song for um, Ice Kid called Hey Mama, which I wrote, produced. Mm. And then he decided to leave and went to DJ Lo and recorded the very same song with DJ Lo called Hey Mama. Mm. Yeah. Oh, for real? Yep. So that Hey Mama song was a song that I wrote for him. Okay. And then they went and recreated it. I actually called DJ Lo and said, if you're going to put out that song, I'm going to sue you guys. And they still put it out, right? They put it out, and I told them, say, you know what, I'm going to let you guys off the hook um, for putting out material that I wrote without my consent. Mm. Um, Ice Kid has never written any song for me. Okay. We could call him right now and ask him. Ah, we don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take your word for it. Yeah, he's never written a single verse on uh-huh. any of my songs, none. He's not on any of my albums. Mm. Um, he's not been credited with any production. He's never pressed any single keyboard on any of my songs. Mm. Um, but... To um, forget the past, he came back, apologized for his rants, wherever you went. Um, I did hear of that story and I confronted him. I'm, like, I like to confront people. Mm-hmm. Like When I heard that story, I asked him, I said, can you tell me which song you wrote for me? Yeah. And he failed to answer. Because he's never written a song for me at all. Uh, never written a verse, never contributed a single melody. So wait, and so he's the one that spread that rumor then? Yeah, um, I think it was out of rage because of the way that we kind of like... Um, stop working together mm. and it all happened at the filling station because you know like when you are running a record label mm. you are sacrificing your time okay. I'm sacrificing my time to be with my family or to work on my material mm. when I'm working on someone's album I commit myself 110% um, the majority of music that you'd hear you, you can tell the difference if I worked on that song or if someone else worked on it I love content when I work on a song with somebody you can tell there's a story to it there's some level of creativity to it. And when someone goes to work on their song by themselves, you can tell the difference. Yeah. And that's the thing. And that's how I work. At times, I can work on five different songs within three hours for that person. Okay. So the minute they walk in, the only thing they do is just put their vocals. Mm. That's how I work. And so I had heard that um, a few individuals were recording elsewhere behind my back and planning on releasing material. And basically, that did not fit in well with me. Mm. So I asked to say, look, it's either you decide to leave um, and do what you want to do, um, and I keep my, the material, or you stay and we follow protocol and rules. Um, and he felt he wanted to grow because 
it's it's something that I won't lie. You know, at times you you will find one or two individuals who feel probably you're holding them back. Yeah. They want to be at your level. They want to achieve what you're achieving at that particular time. But success does not happen overnight. You know, even in my case, it didn't happen overnight. It's something that even up to today, I'm still growing. You know, if I go to the USA, I'm not the big artist in the USA. I'm going to be treated as a new artist or, yeah. you know, as an upcoming artist. They probably won't even attend to me at all. Mm. You know what I mean? Not until I start making my way up, then people will recognize me. So I cannot, for example, travel to the USA, go in a studio, find Nicki Minaj and Chris Brown and expect yeah. them to treat me like I'm P. Diddy. It's not going to happen. You know what I mean? They're going to they'll go put me on hold and like, who's this guy? You know what I mean? So it's the same principle back here, back home. When you're starting up with your music, you need to make wake your way up for people to recognize you. So you cannot walk into a studio and expect to be treated like you are Danny Kaya or Slap D or you know what I mean or Mumpy. Um, it doesn't work like that. You need to work your way up. So I always like to um, advise most of the guys to say success does not come easy. You have to work hard. You know you need to work hard to make a name. And I think it's something that eventually most of the guys have realized, and the majority of those that left have come back. Oh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. So, so, so that's that's the thing, and hence um, it's easy for me to talk about it because these are things that we've discussed with the guys. Say, so, you know what? Don't let um, what you see get to your head. Yeah. You know, it doesn't come easy. Um, for example, look at for example the way it is with the twist with things with General Ozzy. I was looking up to Ozzy as someone who was blowing up overseas. And some people were mocking him saying, oh, yeah, but how come your brother's doing better now? I'm like, you know what? You have, not, you have no idea of the person who opened the path for me. It is General Ozzy. You know what I mean? And I have great respect for him for what he's done because a lot of people that I now know, I knew them via Ozzy. And I don't believe in any artist saying, oh, that artist is finished. No. Music is a phase. Even in my case, there'll be a time when another artist is going to come up and will be bigger than me. Yeah. So I, I can't let it get to my head because it's a phase. Two years from today, I may not be the artist who's as big as I am today. There probably will be another artist who probably be as be bigger than me. Mm-hmm. You know, so no one can say, "Oh no, Anasira, Anasira." No, it's just because someone is now taking things on a different level. Mm-hmm. So that's how it is. So you need to be very careful as an artist what you say to people, how you say it, how you say it, um, and it goes back to the same principle: never bite the hand. That feeds you. <laughs> wow. So it's like, yeah, it's like a, a lot of so many things that have happened that aren't yeah. out there in the public. No, 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 no. And yeah. for me, I really don't like to uh, look like a saint or like I'm the perfect guy or anything like that because I have my flaws. Um, I do my own work. That's the reason why I work for my studio. You will not hear a song leak that I've recorded because I keep everything close neat if anybody says they came and wrote a song for me i can prove it to say dude you are lying because in most cases i record in the middle of the night so unless if you're telling me that you were there in the middle of the night then you can claim that you 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 i, I stole an idea but even when i go to any studio everybody knows if i start recording everybody has to leave the studio oh i want my own space Okay. So there's there is no way someone can claim no this is my idea nah <laughs> that is a lie wow yeah so you always record in the middle of the night is there a I record in the night um I find it very peaceful mm. um I'm a ruler was recorded in the night I recorded in the night uh, I worked on the beat in the night okay. the day that I finished working on the beat early in the morning Aussie and um, <clears throat> Honorable, 
um, came. They found me finishing that beat. Um, the idea of the song came about when I'd gone to a party mm. um, and I saw some guy who was trying to hit on a girl and he had these two bottles of Amarula. Yeah. That's the true story. Okay. So anyone who's going to claim whatever it is. And uh, mm-hmm. the thing is, the, the person that was around then was my ex-girlfriend and my brother's son. Because when I was working on the song, um, we were busy coming up with some funny dance to it. So I have three individuals who can attest to say I'll was alone um i was there working that song alone because even when i was coming up with all these ideas they were there so yeah you know but that's how it is you know when you have a hit hit record people will always want to claim this this and that um that's why i don't get any songs from anyone if you tell me you're a songwriter i can guarantee you today like a number of people have sent me their songs no please listen i've written this i don't listen to anything because i know at some point people want to claim i stole that idea that's the way it is yeah So you've never stolen an idea? No, before. never, never, <laughs> never, never, never. Um, anybody's more than welcome to come and show, tell me what I've stolen from yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. Any any writer, any songwriter that's ever approached me and say, no, I've got songs. KB at times tells me, you sound so rude when you're talking to someone who sells, who sells music. And it's because of the same thing. Because I've seen it before. People like to claim stuff. That's where the problem is, you know. And then they try to bring you down. Meanwhile, you you worked so hard to work on something that someone wants to take um, credit, credit for. for you yeah. know what I mean? Which is very wrong. Mm-hmm. So when it, when someone calls me and say, "Oh no, I've got a song and I want you to listen to it," I refuse. Like I totally refuse. I just tell them, "No, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's all right. I'm blessed with the talent of writing, producing." It's fine. Unless if I like, I like the song, I'll tell you, I like the song, can I buy it off you? Mm-hmm. And you write down to say you've sold the song. That's how it is. Okay. Yeah. So do you write for, you've written for other artists? Of course I have. Can you mention those artists? Um, or do you have a clause where you can't disclose Not really. Um, some people do not want uh, me to disclose mm-hmm. um, some of the artists who I've written for, which I respect. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't go around blowing my own horn in a certain way to make it look like they cannot write. Mm. But um, we have this policy like at our studio. Nobody knows how many takes mm. you will take, mm. you know, when you finally put out a hit record. Okay. There are certain people, it takes them four, five different days to record a song, and it has happened before. Big artists. And then the song comes out and it's good. But mm. you will not know how many times they kept trying, trying, yeah. trying, trying, trying. Um, because that's what happens in studio. Mm. So um, people that I can openly say I've written music for, number one, of course, Ice Kid. I've written countless songs for him. <laughs> His new song that's coming out, Diamond Chick, um, from the production and everything else, he found the song, basically. Okay. Um, it was written, so he sang it. Um, Ozzy, I've written quite a number of songs for him. Like which one? Um, there's a song called... Uh, wait... Okay, let me start from let me start from his previous album. Um, okay, let's see. There's a song called "I Got a Feeling." Um, that song I wrote and produced was basically mine. Um, on his uh, current album, um, I think I've written about four songs. I've written and produced five of those songs. Okay. Pretty much ninety percent of the album I produced okay. um, and wrote most of the songs, but we co-wrote some of them. Um, also on some of his other albums, I did backing vocals and did a bit of writing. Uh, at the time I was working with Ben Blazer, so we'd be in studio together and just write material together. Um, so I've written more songs for General Ozzy. Um, I've also written for Brian Komboeke. Mm. Um, who else? Uh, 
uh, Manas, uh, Manas, we cannot even tell. <laughs> his, yeah. first, his first album was like a collab album, but you know, of course, he did everything, uh-huh. um, the singing, but then the writing, we kind of like just worked on it together. Okay. Um, quite a number of artists as well that I've done stuff for. Let's see. Um, but which song would you say is the biggest, like a, like a hit record that you wrote for another artist? That it's I really wrote, um, I would say, let's see. I think Siniziba by Manus was okay. quite huge. Oh, yeah, that was uh, huge music in the air. Yeah. That, that of course was huge. I'm um, starting from back, 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 back then. Um and mainly just General Oz's stuff. Uh She Loves the Boy, that was my idea okay. and my writing. Um what else, what else, what else, what else, what else, what else, what else? Um yeah, she loves the boy. Um okay, yeah. So uh, the others I can't re- <laughs> I can't really re- remember, but yeah, I think as time goes on I'll I'll definitely think and remember of the likes. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. Okay. All those, yeah. The reason I asked that is because um when I had an interview with Bobby East, he mentioned that he's written a whole lot of hit records for other people, but they there's this clause that's there that says you can't disclose that you wrote the song. Yeah. For the other person. Yeah, there's some people who want it that way. Hence, it's also difficult for me to mention some of the songs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But they're there. <laughs> we hear them. You Why play is them. Because you need to be credited as a writer. Like, of course. That's sort of like masking, right? It's, it, it is some part of agreement. And with me, if we have to go with that type of clause, I'm going to charge you more. Okay. Because then it simply means I'm not getting uh, credit. It simply means I'm a ghostwriter for you. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. if, for example, I charge you 1800 to write a song, it's probably going to be twice or three times that amount if I'm not going to get the credit. Because then it simply means one thing. It means I'm losing out on Zamkop's money. Yeah. Yeah. So I need to get my fair share, you know, yeah. of the futuristic uh, revenue that you will be receiving um, on my behalf. So it's like that. There are certain people who... Trust me, there are certain individuals who cannot write music. Okay. They cannot. They cannot produce, they cannot write. Mm-hmm. But they're very good singers. Yeah. So you will understand that it is a field that has people and individuals like that. But they depend on other people to um, elevate their careers. Mm-hmm. So you kind of like understand it and just say, okay, yeah, cool, it's all good. Um, let's work on such a record. And, and sometimes you find they send you four or five different instrumentals and they want you to write songs to each one of those and they give you a week you know and then <laughs> it doesn't work like that <laughs> and sometimes it's really it's it's so much pressure because they'll be like i need these songs i need these songs i need these songs and then out of those five they only pick three mm-hmm. you know um of course the the certain records that have played on radio that people don't know i wrote but yeah. they're they've been hitting um unfortunately i cannot disclose because of those particular reasons but um it, it works like that so it's okay it's all good mm. I make my money and, uh, yeah, life goes on. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, like, your brand is, um, is a very, like, you have a very unique brand, uh-huh. you know. Um, and and it, it feels like you've been, you've been working on it for years, right? Uh-huh. So, did you have a, were you conscious of, of this, like, making a unique brand from, like, the time you started? Were you thinking of that when you started or you were just putting mm, out music? From the time I started, I would say it was more of, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. Um, 
And I think it's always like that. You find like on the first album, it's just a buffet of everything. There's raga, there's this, there's that. Because <laughs> you're kind of like not sure yeah. what is going to work out, you know. But then as time goes on, you kind of like now start putting out music um, in a more selective manner. Mm-hmm. Um, the more you um, somewhat digest or uh, look at the industry and, and, and try to understand the business side of it, you kind of like now start putting out strategic songs, mm-hmm. simply meaning that even your branding becomes strategic. You know, you want to brand yourself in a certain way. You want to look in a certain way. You know, if, if for example, you look at my looks, say, five years ago, it's totally different from yeah. my looks now, you know. Yeah. Back then, it was just an English cut. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> English. <laughs> no, like, seriously. Uh, <laughs> you go to the barber shop, which cut is it? English cut. Yeah, you know, you it. put on any shades that you can find, whether yeah. they are male or female. You just put them on, and that's it. You know what I mean? <laughs> But now you kind of like have a little more uh, direction and you're saying, okay, you know what, this is how I want to look. I want people to see me in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And then at times you, you kind of like just become a little ninja like uh, individual. You kind of like now just start doing things that people do not expect you to do mm-hmm. time and time again. You know, um, you dress in a certain way, a little raunchy uh, times, a little gangster at times. It's almost like it's part of your branding. You kind of like giving people something to talk about. Mm-hmm. So everything becomes very strategic. Um, you become a little more demanding. Uh, you kind of have a little more power to certain things, um, restrictions here and there. There certain places you do not want to be um, associated with because of your branding. True. So it's, it, it all happens as you go and you grow as an artist. So yes, things have changed. And I would say it's on purpose because you as an artist, you're a brand, like you've put it. And you need to be able to market that brand. You need to make your brand appealing to the audience. You need to make your brand attractive to the audience and also to what you term as a buyer, which would be your um, sponsors or your promoters and the likes. So people will want uh, to see the type of brand that you now have become. And also the buyer, if I can put it that way, want to see how attractive you are to your consumers. You know what I mean? People do not want to be associated with a brand that is not marketable or a brand that is not able to sell or bring numbers. So you kind of like work extremely hard and uh, focus more on how you brand yourself, the music, your collaborations, you know, and and that gets to help build this uh, great muscle around you to say, look, I'm working with this person, so I cannot be paid this much because now this is the level that I'm moving at. So even if you look at our contract from... Four years ago, and you look at our contract now, mm. it's, it's, it's four more pages than it was a yeah. long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, a lot of, a lot of stuff has changed. Yeah. And, and when you speak of, of that, like, uh, speaking of contracts, you know, you obviously in that you have how much you charge yeah. for performance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and time and time again, I've heard stories of, um, you know, artists being called mm-hmm. by corporates or just individuals hosting events. And they basically tell you this is how much we're going to pay you without looking at how much you charge yep, for your yep, services. Yep, yep. And if you say, no, I won't do it, somebody else does it. Uh-huh. You know, so that means instead of making progress to a goal where you get what you deserve as an artist, you're, def- you're like you're taking steps backwards as uh-huh. an industry. Uh-huh. Because there's certain individuals who... Yeah don't care how much no they, they don't they don't um i won't i won't lie uh i won't mention the name of the institution but 
are here i was actually hired i think that was two years ago and um they asked me to go with um a band mm. to go and perform and um the offer was i think five thousand kwacha if i'm not mistaken okay um i remember I told them look if you want me to come with the band the band itself is charging me seven thousand five hundred kwacha just the band itself. Wow. Okay? okay. Of which, on top of that, we still need to provide transportation for them to bring the equipment. Yeah. Um, and also the right equipment. So, inclusive of my personal fee, because this was someone who I knew, mm-hmm. I was like, look, the best I can offer you is 13 grand. Mm-hmm. Right? And he was like, nah, let's make it 10 and everything else. So, I said, look, if we're going to do that, um, you're only telling me a day before the event. Mm-hmm. And... Um, how many songs are we looking at, first and foremost? So he says, okay, um, four to five songs. Okay, cool, no problem. Four to five songs, agreed. So I bargained with the band, um, and we, we agreed to look, there's 10,000 kwacha. Let's, let's be realistic and fair. It's three to five songs, um, and from there we, we're gone. So they agreed, I said, cool, 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 no problem, three to five songs, that's all good. And so we agreed on how much we're going to split between the two of us. We actually get to the venue, and this man comes out and lays a program and says, we want you to play for one hour, 30 minutes. I'm like, one hour what? <laughs> <laughs> Which is a whole set, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, you know, whole sometimes sometimes a lot of people, and these days, even in our contracts, it's there, it states. And that's the reason why, if you look at our contract, it's so detailed, like, you cannot miss it. If you say you did not read it, then you just did not read it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so yeah, detailed. Yeah. People will be like, no, I want you to play for one hour, 30 minutes. And I would ask, which songs are those that we're performing? Mm-hmm. No, but you, you know, you can perform one hour, 30 minutes. said, look, a song, in most cases, maximum is maybe four minutes. Yeah. So you try and see how many songs will fit in one hour, 30 minutes. Yeah. Let's be realistic. How many songs? Mm-hmm. Are you talking about me performing my entire album, including songs that people don't even know? Mm. Because when you call me for an event, I am assuming you want me to p- perform songs that people know, yeah. that people relate Popular to. Ones, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're not hiring me for songs that you you also don't even know. You want people to dance to songs that they know. So I'm going to pick all the songs that people know, and that will assum- a- a- amount to at least 45 minutes. But if you're saying one hour, 30 minutes, and the amount of money that we've already bargained for, that's not possible. And the guy's like, nah, it's okay, then I'm going to call another artist. Like, hey, cool, man, no problem. Yeah. And we walked away. But I told him, look, you're going to pay me because I have committed my time to you. Exactly. We are here already yeah. with the band. The guys are setting up and you're telling me now that it's not three to five songs as we originally had agreed mm. on the contract. And the funny thing is you signed the contract and it says three to five songs. Mm. So now if we have to calculate how many minutes will those three to five songs take up, <laughs> okay? If each song, for example, give or take, fine, let's extend it, let's put them at five minutes, yeah. okay? You're looking at almost just 30 minutes, yeah. but you want us to play another one hour of doing what? Are we covering other people's songs or what's the scenario here? No, but you're an artist, you know, you need to, uh, whatever, whatever. It's like, no, mm. let's be realistic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Business is business. I'm here, you hired me for three to five songs. We have already agreed with the band for three to five songs. Mm which is basically 30 minutes of our time yeah. and your time. So the extra one hour, I don't know where it's going to come from. Yeah. And that's how we had to leave. Wow. So who do they call? Do you know? I, I know who they called. Yeah. It said an artist, but I'll not <laughs> mention the name. <laughs> it said an artist who went there. It was They did not perform live at all. They mm. used playback. Mm. Um, I think they performed for like 45 minutes. Mm. And uh, hey, 
I got my cut because I made my time. And that is one thing that everybody needs to understand. And that's the reason why everything we do work with a contract. Because if it was just a verbal agreement, I was just going to have walked away with nothing. Yeah. And that band, you know, they could have been playing elsewhere, but then they came out there and they needed to get paid for their time, you know, because they did come out. They reserved that time and the date for you. And then you decide to cancel the event. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like so that. The so the contract says you, they pay the full amount. In exactly. Case. Yeah. Okay. Our contract, the way it is, here's, I'll, I'll give you a, a brief on how it works. You can only cancel the event in the cases of death, mm-hmm. natural disaster, all right? Hurricanes, tornadoes, yeah, yeah. yeah not showers, <laughs> not rains or anything like that. No. Um, if you yeah. cancel that event, mm-hmm. if you cancel it on the basis that no, it's raining outside, mm-hmm. you still owe me my money Your because money, I've yeah. made, I've created time for you on that date. I could have taken up another offer, but I've made time for you. So a lot of people be like, no, can we change it to another date? Like we follow contract. Once you sign, it is there already. If I'm at the venue or if I'm in the town of your event, I'm available to perform and you decide to cancel the event, you still owe me. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to perform before you pay us. Okay. Yeah. So it's pretty detailed and... I'm, I'm, I'm really out so much these days to advise my fellow artists to work with contracts because a lot of artists have been swindled out, um, been swindled out of that. And a lot of promoters have been swindled by artists because they do not have a contract. Mm. There are certain artists who agree to come, they collect a down payment, and they don't show, they up. Don't show up. It's yeah. because there's no contract. no contract. You know what I mean? Mm. So um, sometimes people who have events think, no, if we sign a contract, uh, it's going to work against my favor. No, it actually works for both of you. Yeah. In the case that one does not... Um, um, s- simply show up for the event. You have paperwork to prove that this person agreed to come to your event, exactly. but then they've not shown up. Mm-hmm. So they ha- they owe you that money mm-hmm. because you've paid for advertising, you've paid for all those things. Yeah. So you owe that money back. True. So it works both ways. It's just not one sided. Okay. Yeah. And more staying on that contract topic, uh, you have riders. Yep. Yeah. Let's talk about your rider. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about your rider. When somebody wants to. Uh, book Roberto for an event. Mm-hmm. What comes with it? Um, we pick the hotel where we want to stay. You don't pick. Okay. We pick. R- reason is simple. I once had an event in Mazabuka, and uh, <laughs> this man, who's really well known, uh, and I talk about this freely because I told him upfront, okay. and he told me, Roberto, you're never going to perform in Mazabuka. I said, you know what? It's okay. But at least I'm going to teach you a lesson Mm -hmm. that in the near future, you should not take artists as if they're beggars. Mm -hmm. This man picked up, um, I think it was a guest house. It's not a hotel. Yeah. And then he opens the door. The roof is leaking. The window is broken. (laughs) I'm looking at the bed. They've put pan bricks one side for the thing. So I asked, so I looked at him. I said, whose room is this for? He says, this is your room. So I asked him, I said, I would like for you to call your wife yeah. and ask her to sleep in here. Then he laughs. Why should she sleep here? Oh, Such a place. Shit. I said, exactly. You know what that. I mean? Yeah. No, he said it. And it's like, exactly. <laughs> you expect an artist to come and perform for you, mm. help you make your money that you make as a business. And then you want to shelter me in such a place. Why? Yeah. Do you know where I sleep? Yeah. Do you know the type of bed I bought for myself out of yeah. the hard work, you know, that I put in. Mm-hmm. And then you want to bring me in such a place. And then you should say you've accommodated me. I, I refused. And I walked out. And I told him, look, I'm in your town. Here's a contract. It stays here. If I'm in your town and you do not adhere to this contract regulations, mm-hmm. you owe me. 
No, hey, hey. so I said, you know what? I'm going to check myself in at another place, and you are going to pay. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. So I called my cousin and I said, what's the best place to stay in Mazabuka? And he told me, and that's where I went to stay. Okay. And so he complained, no, I'm telling you, I'm never going to hire you again. I said, no, you need to learn to respect the people you do business with. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you, for example, I'm going to call you and say, boss, I would like you to come to Lusaka and I want you to assist me with this, this, this and that. I should accommodate you in a manner that you find okay. befitting for yeah. the services that you're providing. True. You should not take advantage of me coming to your town and then you should just shelter me in a place that is the cheapest and the lowest. And yeah. mind you, that room was 70 kwacha. Wow. Trust me. This was early last year, 2015. Bruh. Okay? It was 70 kwacha. And I look at this person, he's telling me, no, Daliso, I'm going to I said, no, 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 no. Oh, I'm not Daliso. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Daliso and his dancers. I'm me. You know what I mean? Oh. I'm different. If anyone else is going to accept, that's them, not me. Mm. You know? And I'm not going to accept such standards. Mm-hmm. So ever since that day, we changed our contract. Mm. Any event that we have, we have the right to pick mm-hmm. the hotel that we're going to stay and the type of room. Oh, so initially it was the promoter that... Yes, it was what put executive or standard rooms. Mm-hmm. So what he went for was the lowest of the standard of yeah, rooms. Yeah. Okay. And then the guys regular, that I went with, the, the guys that I went with, they were put in some cottage somewhere. And I'm like, you know what? No, it can't work like this. Yeah. You know? And they were supposed to be sleeping with the workers at that particular lodge. I said, wow. no. These guys have got homes. Where so you got a, like you got like a better room. Uh, excuse me, I, <laughs> I got a better chicken run room. Like it looked like they were keeping chickens like two months before, oh, and shit. then they just decided to put a bed and just paint it and something yeah. like that. So the place was really shady. Wow. The smelling, I was like, no man, I can't sleep here. Yeah. So ever since we changed the rider, if you wanna hire me, please bear in mind that number one, mm-hmm. we are going to pick the place where we're going to stay, and you will pay for it. Mm-hmm. No, no negotiations, none whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Secondly, mode of transportation. It is either by via, via air or we drive ourselves. Okay. Yeah. No buses. No one coming to pick us up in your uh, Alteza so that you can kill us. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because sometimes when you have people come to pick you up, they get so excited, they put your lives at danger. Yeah. Yeah. So ever since we just said no, we'd rather we travel by ourselves. We know how we move at the mm-hmm. speed limit that we find comfortable to move. We will get to a, to to your town on time at least four hours before the event. Okay. That is our standard. Four hours before the event, we settle down, we relax, make sure everything is in place. I do move with my own chef. Okay. Because sometimes these lodges, the food they cook, it's almost like as if they did not want to cook for you at all. Yeah. So I move with my own chef. Okay. Um, that's the way it works. Yeah, true What's story. What's his name? Twezy. He's an artist as well. Oh, Twezy. Yeah, he's, he's a professional chef. So, um, we basically went in the rider. We have the list of ingredients and everything else that we want to find at that particular place. Okay. Um, and then he cooks. So we have the best of meals. <laughs> okay. You know, at the best place. Yeah. And uh, if it's via air, you also provide um, ticketing for that. Mm-hmm. So that's how it works for Mother Zambia. Okay. Then, uh, when it comes to events outside the country, two business class tickets okay. and two economy class tickets. That's um, for you and the manager? Or? Yeah. For, usually, I travel with my, my, my wife. Okay. So, if my wife is not traveling, then myself and Ozzy or myself and Mandela or myself and Twezy or whoever it is, uh, my manager will take the other business class tickets. Okay. And then the two um, economy tickets will be for any of the supporting acts or the DJ as well. Okay. Um, and then we usually pick up for a presidential room um, at the hotel or at least most executive room. And each one has their own room. Um, transportation, 
has to be done in a certain manner. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's either via Jaguar, um, BMW, Mercedes-Benz, um, uh, Jeep, anything that is of not more My than name. three years uh, okay. uh, old. Okay. Um, okay. Aircons, um, security, at least four security personnel, one at my door to ensure security of the high standard because we've had scenarios before the time that I was in Rwanda about three women decided to break the door Whoa. so ever since we decided no <laughs> was that like the craziest groupie moment yeah it was it was <laughs> <laughs> they broke the door and they entered <laughs> so they break the door and then what happened uh, well they demanded for some intimate moments and this and that what? but by then I had already called security so yeah, yeah. by the time <laughs> <laughs> That's funny as shit. <laughs> yeah, so usually have um, security personnel yeah. um, by the door. And it works like that. Okay. Yeah. Riders like that. That's the hospitality side of it. Then we have a technical rider, which is now for the DJ equipment um, and the rest of the equipment gear that we need mm-hmm. um, on stage, um, off stage, and also how many hours before um, the event we do our sound check. Mm-hmm. And of course, a few other things, uh, beverages in our hospitality rider, two bottles of Hennessy. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> two bottles of Hennessy at, uh, by the room for each personnel and at the venue as well. Also, one bottle. each of you get two bottles of Hennessy. Yep. Okay. Um, and uh, basically just for to, you know, feel good. And, yeah. Yeah. Really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's quite a detailed rider. It's about... Eight pages long, okay. um, which has the technical and hospitality side of it. And of course, your usual integrities, your do's and don'ts, uh, type of food in the case that we do not travel with our personal chef, mm-hmm. uh, what should be cooked, what should not be cooked for health reasons, um, the type of individuals we can ride with in the cars and who cannot come with, um, who can sit next to who, that type of thing. Um, yeah, and, and pretty much a lot of that detailed stuff. Wow. So you like... Really bougie out there, isn't it? Ah, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a really bad man. <laughs> no, it's it's it it has come from your experience mm-hmm. as time goes on. Mm-hmm. So our rider keeps growing with each and every part of the experience that we you know seem to encounter. Okay. Um, and so we kind of like add certain security measures, of course, in place. Yeah. Um, we always need our Wi-Fi constantly of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we always have two professional photographers um, at hand be it at the room from from the moment you arrive to the moment you leave we have two professional photographers before we even arrive in the in our desired destination of country those photos and video images should have reached us already okay. that is the agreement further right. to which we yeah put up and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. so because it's all part of branding you kind of like have to always update people of what you're doing everywhere you are that type of thing so it works like that and it has worked for us because then you you become more of an international brand you know um when people look at your social media um uh, pages or accounts they should see what you're up to and how how you're doing it and the like so it's not a flamboyant lifestyle but it's basically just depicting what is going on yeah. um for people to see exactly and understand what you're doing where you are and how it's all going okay yeah all right so you've you tweeted you know with respect out there isn't it definitely much more respect definitely um than, than home i think it's pretty much even mm. it's pretty much even only that you know when you go out of the country um the people that receive you 
understand uh, the value of your presence there. They they understand that it's business and they need to treat you in a certain manner because um, also for them, it's part of their branding. You know, they, they want when the next artist wants to come to that country and they show images of how they treated that person. It's a plus for them because then it goes in their business books to say, look, we've actually had this person and, you know, we did so, so and so. So at times they actually do go out um, out of their way because also for, for them, they look at it as part of the marketing strategy for the next event to say, look, with this, you know, we did this and did that. Um, some of the images from the last event I had in Kenya are coming up and you'll be surprised mm. how it went down. Um, they were opening this club for the very first time. Right now, it's the best club in Kenya. Okay. And I was the first artist that they called. Wow. Yeah, you know, so nice. it's it's amazing um, what they're putting together. The event we had in Sudan was organized by the president's son. Mm. Yeah, so security was tight. Really, really tight. <laughs> we were at the best hotel in South Sudan. Um, oh. We were taken to the island that is owned by the uh, president. Um, you know, so it was really interesting for us to experience something like that because they've brought people like Conscience before mm. there, you know. Um, and so with with each artist that they, they take there, they always want to, up, you know, up the, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? So, so it was really interesting for us and... Uh, Back home, of course, you have people that will accept you and, you know, treat you like you are the darling of the country. Mm -hmm. Then there are certain promoters who just treat you like, you know what, I'm giving you money, so you should give me this. Yeah. You know, and they're like, dude, <laughs> this is what I do on a regular. You know what I mean? You cannot yeah. start telling me um, how to do what I'm, what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. If I was not doing it to the best of my ability, you would not even have hired me in the first place. True. You know, so you do have encounters where someone wants to treat you like, so I'm expecting you to rock the crowd. I'm like... Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what you hired okay. me for, right? <laughs> I'm like, okay, then I won't rock the crowd. I'll let the crowd rock me. How would you like that? <laughs> yeah, but anyways, you, every, everybody's got different strokes, so you kind of, like, understand how it is. That's where your manager comes in, because you as an artist, you do not want to talk too much uh, to the promoters or the event organizers, mm. because then it kind of, like, just brings about a certain type of friction. But with the managers, they can go all out and say, you know what? My artist is not going to perform, period, you know, and they need to respect the manager. So um, it's very important for you to have a manager okay. all the time. Yeah. So um, do other, have you had a chance to look at other artists, writers? Do you know what other artists, I mean, like in Zambia? Not talking about uh, in Zambia, no, I haven't. My writer is um, pretty much the same writer WizKid uses. Oh, for real? Yeah, we share the same writer. Uh, his manager actually shared his writer a long time ago, like four years ago. Mm. So we picked that up, um, and basically that's the writer we've been using. Okay. But of course, his new writer... He's obviously uh, pff, crazy. You don't want to see it. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Whiskey's new writer is insane. It is insane, like totally insane. Like mm. It is really insane. Uh, but like I mentioned, you know, like you, you, you kind of like grow with the writer yeah. or the writer grows as you grow mm -hmm. so certain things you add as you grow as an artist yeah. so I, I cannot get a drake writer right now and start using it the people yeah. will be like okay who am i michael jackson mm. you know so mm. we kind of like just go with uh with time and the level that you're moving at mm. yeah all right so you got married how many years ago a year and seven months ago okay yeah, yeah. still counting huh yep <laughs> <laughs> A year and seven months ago. Yep. So, is there a difference between single Roberto and married Roberto? Do you see a little 
difference in, in um yourself? definitely that de- most definitely um the decisions you make of course you, it's just not you alone mm-hmm. you have a critic who will criticize you not because uh they like you or because they hate you but because they know that it's positive criticism mm-hmm. um the way you look at life is differently um but of course nothing much really has changed i wasn't the so outgoing type of person okay. at all so i'm still pretty much the same home home person i rarely go out even before i would rarely go out um usually if i go out then there's a specific reason mm-hmm. um or maybe i just want to tap into what's happening sound wise and the likes but nothing really much has changed um from the mere fact that i'm now with the person that i wanted to be with and you know um we're able to share a lot of um stuff together grow together assist her with everything that she wants to achieve um because it's just not about me my growth is just not about me my growth is her growth when she grows basically i grow so we kind of like inspire each other whatever she achieves for me i'm like wow okay this is great you know let me also work hard so it's 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 more like a unit um than an individual type of um arrangement because you have someone now who um is depending on you and you're also depending on them true yeah so um a lot of artists like to keep that side of of their lives away from the spotlight but you deliberately put it out i've got nothing to hide <laughs> i mean like in terms of that that doesn't mess with your female fan base no accept me the way i am um if if i wanted to please my female fan base i wouldn't have gotten married in the first place um but then you cannot get married and not be happy with the person um that you're with you know you get married to the person that you feel is the most beautiful person so i cannot i cannot be hiding her like she's my voter's card you know what i mean this is someone who I'm proud of, someone who I'm happy to be with and the times I wake up I'm like damn it this woman is fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. You know what I mean? And uh. and so for me this she's my best friend. Um a lot of people actually ask us like are you guys really married or you're just like close friends? I'm like you know what we're best friends. Like mm. we treat each other as best friends. Um there times certain messages will come up and she'll be like, huh, "That's another female again. One week of torture." <laughs> and I'm like, "No, don't worry. She will just die out of it just like that." You know, so we have a certain level of understanding. She understands what I'm working on, she understands my line of work. Because to be honest with you, I do not know if we had to turn the tables round and she was the artist and the one getting all that attention. I do not know if I'll be able to contain with all that pressure and I really give her credit for everything because my music is known to appeal more to 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 the female folk, you know. Um yeah. but Which of course the question. Yeah, you know? but yeah. then at times you know it's misconstrued by a lot of individuals thinking, "Oh wow, so it means he's a ladies guy." You know, like I like mm. to hang out a lot with ladies. But the thing is I pre- I appreciate my female fans because because of them I am where I am today, you know. But I think a true woman will respect a man who respects his woman. A true woman. If you do not respect a man who respects his woman, then you're up to no good. That's the way I see it. Um, and so for me, I respect my woman. Yeah. And if there's anybody who finds it uh, disheartening or uh, finds it difficult to understand that, then I think then you're the one who's got 
you know, um, certain issues. Yeah. So for me, I appreciate my woman. I basically love to show her. I appreciate her. Um, and I, I, I don't hold that back at all. Okay. Yeah. So it hasn't messed with your brand, basically. No, no. There are, of course, there are a number of people who are like, I've stopped following you. Uh, a couple of people blocked me. But then I was like, hey, it's okay. I understand. Eventually you will get married mm. and you know, you will find the joy that I've found. And, um, I, of course, I understand the, there are certain people in life that may want to be with you, or at least they have desires to be with you. Um, even in my case, before I even got married, you know, I was like, wow, man, Beyonce, why? <laughs> why, Jay-Z? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, Sierra, why? You know yeah. what I mean? But then, but then that's the thing. You cannot have everybody in the world. That's true. You cannot have everybody. You will find someone that you will confide in. You will find someone that will understand you. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I wanted to be with someone who understands my industry, someone who understands my line of work. And when you find that person, treasure that person, you know? So, of course, you will hurt a couple of people's feelings, which entirely you will understand. But it's not like you're doing it purposefully to hurt that person. But I need to look at my life and say, wow, look, you know, this is where I want to be. Exactly. So, that the, the incident that you had, is it in Rwanda where the women... Broke yeah, the door. yeah. Was your wife there? She wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't around. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't around. Um, and it's not the first that it happened. Oh. It did happen so in Sulawesi. So people break down your doors. Yeah, um, it happened. <laughs> it happened in Sulawesi as well. Whoa, um, that's my hometown. <laughs> guys, letting me down, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it happened in Solowiz. The first time it happened, it was in Solowiz. Then when it happened in Rwanda, I was like, you know what? This is it. Security yeah. at the door. So ever since, we usually have security at the door. Um, but you see, the thing is, at times I try to understand why someone is going to such length. Mm. You know, when you're an artist and a public figure, when you go somewhere, it's just in, out, done. Yeah. You walk into a place... Security is there and you're just waiting for you to go on stage. Once you're done, you go. But there are certain individuals who feel, you know what, I want to meet this person. Like, I really just want to meet this person or I want to take photos with this person. And they are desperate to go all out to have that one minute to just talk to you or conversate with you or take photos with you. Um, There are others who go as far as, you know what, this person is not going to come and leave and I'm not going to sleep with that person because that's like a goal for them. Like, you know what, I need to achieve this goal. So everybody's got their own uh, prime desires and goals. um, But then you as a person, you kind of like just try as much as possible to understand um, where they're coming from. So when that happened, of course, it was quite disturbing for me because what if they were thieves? You know, then it would have been a different scenario. But then, uh, I don't know if I should say, fortunately or unfortunately, they're women. (laughs) (laughs) But by the time that they were making their way into the room, um, that's when security had come and they were like, no, we just want to take pictures, this, this, and that. I was like, okay, cool, it's cool. They they had to break down they literally kept pushing it, pushing it, forcing it, forcing it, forcing it. Wow. Um, and um, yeah, it eventually just <laughs> opened. <laughs> Sir, <Sorry, Simi. laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Um, and the thing is, it 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 happened um, at a holding in a holding room mm. um, at a nearby hotel because the main hotel was like a couple of kilometers away. Mm. So there was a place where we had gone to, it was just like a holding room for me to kind of like just change and refresh and all that. Mm. So the door mechanism is not like the ones that you have in the hotel. It's just a regular. Yeah, the regular door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's how um, they were able to break that down. But if it was at a hotel, probably they'd been switching channels like all the best ladies. Yeah, like enjoy yourselves out there. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? But yeah, so 
it was like that but um, yeah it happens so you still get women that try to like like smash you even when they know yep. you're married uh it happened yesterday Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like yesterday, uh I met two ladies and one made it very obvious like, you know what? I still want you. Um blah 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 blah. Can I have your number? This and that. Yeah, but you can like So how do you maneuver? How do you play how do you handle that? Situation? I give them my wife's number. Oh, is that what you do? I'll be like, my phone is off right now. Just send me a text message. Oh crap. Have I just given up myself? Like <laughs> You have. <laughs> oh, snap. New strategy in place. Damn. Yeah, give him your mom's number or something. Oh, yeah. No, but anyways, um at times at, at times I'll be like that, especially when someone's like, "No, just give me your number. It's just for this, this, this." And that you can tell like definitely this is not business. Yeah. Uh others will be like, "No, trust me, it's just strictly for business." Um so can I call you blah blah blah. blah. Um, and then others are genuine enough to actually tell you like, look, dude, I just want to talk to you because I want us to talk. Mm. Um, and I think that's where, uh, your maturity levels kick in and you just have to be, you know, straightforward and say, look, I'm a married person. And, you know, imagine if you were her, how would you feel, you know, someone talking to your husband, you know, and would it make you feel comfortable? Um, because also the way you respond to some of their questions and their advances mm. kind of like just makes it easy for them to understand. But when you kind of like just brush people off, then they take it, you're just being rude and the likes. So you try your best to um, explain the best way possible. Mm-hmm. But then there are others who are just so adamant, they're like, no, 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 no. Yeah. So where do you stay? Yeah. So does your wife check your phone? How often does she check your phone? Blah, 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 that type of thing. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, she checks my phone every day, mm-hmm. you know, just to get things out of the way. So whether she does or she does not, but sometimes you just have to be um, very strict and say, yes, yeah, she checks my phone. So yeah. you cannot call me at all, exactly. you know, because you just want to get um, certain people off your back. But there are certain people who come out and say, look, I don't want anything from you. I just want to be friends uh, in the near future in case there's anything are we able to contact you yeah. uh, what's the best method of contacting you like okay please here's the email address this sure. this this and that yeah. and yeah life goes on but single Roberto was um single was Roberto crazy, was no not at all not at Come all on, dude. no like seriously there were certain individuals I would share my numbers with mm. others I would not okay yeah and that's the thing, like people who the same have women that want to smash you and women that don't want to smash you. <laughs> Trust me, if a woman wants to smash you, you can tell. <laughs> you can, you can like tell. It's the same thing with a guy. Like if a guy has got certain plans, you can be like, ha ha, I know what you're up to. <laughs> the ladies know when a guy is not being upfront and honest. Yeah. It's, I think it's the same thing with guys. You can mm. somewhat tell the way they flaunt, the way they just, you know, uh, flirt with you <clears throat> and everything. So. But you know, like you're you're a superstar. So like you, the women that are coming at you are not regular. Let me let me let me say this right before I get killed. Like it's not the women that would most likely wait for a guy to holler at them. Uh-huh. Those are the ones that are hollering at you. So it's a different <laughs> it's a different situation. No. So that's why I'm saying like you were you were a star even before you got married. So in that yeah. situation. When you walk, when you look at this woman, like, damn, she's fine, and she wants me. Um. Well. <clears throat> well, the thing is, you will at times find people who are very attractive. Mm-hmm. That I will not lie. Um, you always do. Everywhere you go, man. Um. There's that saying, exactly. It's it's a it's a true <laughs> statement. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, how long are you gonna be at it? You know, um, doing something like that. 
um, what attracted you to your woman in the first place. You need to understand whatever attracted you to your woman, other people are also seeing it as well. So if today I find the prettiest of the prettiest of the prettiest of women, mm-hmm. then she becomes my woman. Then I find another girl who seems prettier than mm-hmm. guaranteed. The person that you are with at that point you think is not pretty, but mm-hmm. five other guys will be like, wow, and this guy is doing this to such a girl. Exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And so sometimes you need to think a little hard and say, wow, okay, what attract me, attracted me to the person that I'm with, you know? Wasn't this, this the same type of effect that I had? So not everybody's the same, you know? Mm-hmm. If the whole world had the same looking girls, then maybe it would have been different. But yeah. each one is different, you know? Each one is specifically different from the way they talk, the way they smile, the way they look at you. So you cannot keep jumping from one person to the other or because you are looking for the best. Trust me, when you find your best, another person will come who will look maybe twice as better as your best. So you just need to be content with what you have, who you have, and appreciate that person because they are appreciating you and they are galore of other guys who want the person that you have. So it's it's, it's a simple theory like that. And and I think sometimes as guys, we forget the fact that like the women that we... We have in our lives mm-hmm. also get approached by men. Yeah, exactly. They and do. They turn them down because they know they have you. True. So mm-hmm. what are you doing about it? You know, and you need to kind of like ask yourself such questions. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, sometimes I look at my wife and I'm like, okay, where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh no, I'm just going out with my friends to have dinner. I'm like, you know what? I'm following. Uh, um, <laughs> but then along the way, it's just like, ah, it's okay, it's alright. Yeah. You know, because. Um, at times, we we only get to feel a bit jealous when your woman is going out and then she dresses up in a certain way. And then you, it hits you like, wow, there could be other people who admire yeah. that person. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's when, in most cases, that's when the reality dawns on most men. That's when they see the true beauty of the woman that they're with. Mm-hmm. Because in most cases, you just see the person, you'll be like, okay, it's just, you know, yeah, she's there, she's yeah, there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we need to appreciate our women like that. Okay, yeah. Let's touch a little bit on racism with the with the re- recent issue with the with the horseshoe. Yes, the steakhouse. Um, a lot of people have come out to to mention that that's not the only place that you know has uh-huh. had racist incidences. Have you had have you had have you had any like run-ins with um, racism in, in um, Zambia? <clears throat> in Zambia. Not really that I can um, remember or recall, but like to me or anything that happened with the people that I was with, um, not really that I recall as of now, but probably I did have an incident happen, but I just can't uh, wrap my finger around it. But I have heard of um, select individuals um, and certain places you know, and how they were uh, treated um, and the likes. Mm-hmm. And it really is unfortunate because you look at the continent itself. What's the name again? Which continent <laughs> are we on again? Africa. <laughs> so if you have someone coming from another continent yeah. and they come to Africa. Now, Africa is known as the dark continent. Mm. So let's say you have a certain race and someone of a dark color walks into your uh, place of business. Yeah. You do understand that, yes, quite all right, you are owning that property, but you are in that person's land. Mm-hmm. 
okay? You may own that property, mm -hmm. but the land where you have your property is that person's land. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing. If I'm going to walk into your home, I should be able to respect you as someone who's from this particular country, you know, um, and vice versa. But the situation as it is, I think it's really um, quite alarming. We have seen um, the effects of racism in different countries. I think one of those countries that have uh, alarmingly, you know, had several number of incidents is South Africa, where you have, you know, your Africana uh, colleagues mistreating uh, your native South Africans in a certain way. South Africa is, is, is one country that has had so many cases of that nature. Just a few days ago, seeing a gentleman who was being um, thrown in a coffin and they wanted to yeah, bury him alive. That. You know what I, I mean? That. that was disgusting. Very. And I was actually happy to see um, and hear that the individuals that were behind that were actually apprehended because that is the coldest uh, treatment to mankind. You know, you cannot do such a thing. If, for example, today I went to any place that is owned by a white person and I did something as horrendous as that, I probably would be banished off my country. Like, you know, you cannot be doing such things because I believe Zambia is a Christian nation. But for people to come into our country and treat individuals in a certain way, I really find it quite disrespectful because then you're disrespecting the entire country. Exactly. Um, but also it is important for us to know both sides of the story as well, to know what transpired. Is this something that happens on a regular or did that person um, ensue something or did they say something for them, for the owners of that property to um, react in such a manner in front of clientele? But in a situation where I've heard stories after stories after stories it kind of like lets you think like okay wow you know we need to look into this matter yeah someone did mention to say but even black people do the same thing yeah there's a lot of black on black racism in yes this country, um, especially when white people are around that's what i've noticed yep <laughs> this weird it's, it, it happens it happens even homes where um your helpers are mistreated in a certain way mm -hmm. you know the cooks are treated in a certain true, way true. you know um others do it to their own kids you know they they mistreat their children or the maid will be mistreating a child you know, so there's all sorts of um, stuff that's going on, um, even among us ourselves, um, that I think it is very important for us that as we stand up against certain, um, you know, uh, forms of discrimination, we need to also look at ourselves and say, what do we also do to one another? Exactly. You know, because even the people that we are uh, standing up against will probably say, look, guys, you are doing this against us. You are saying that we are mistreating you guys. But have you seen the way you treat each other? You know what I mean? So... In as much as we have every right to stand up and speak out against a certain level of mistreatment towards our fellow being, we also need to realize that we need to treat each other in a certain way. So how do we react to this situation right now? What's the what what would be your advice to somebody? Look look looking at out? looking at what um what has emerged so far, the responses from uh, the management, I would presume. Mm -hmm. Um uh, that is very bad PR. A uh, very bad way of responding to, you know, certain queries. I would have wanted to believe that perhaps they would have looked at it differently and responded differently, you know, because sometimes it's, I'll, I'll remind you of the case of Zambiv. If you remember, there was that issue where they were saying they were using embalming um, product yeah, on the meat. Yeah. Look at what Zambiv did. Zambiv came out and said, you know what, we apologize for um, 
everything that has been going on. Um, and then they, they, they basically just did a serious U10 and everybody yeah. is now running to Zambif, you know. Okay. Um, you, you have damaged people who assist you with damage control. Um, mm-hmm. Your PR people come on board and those are people that now get to change the, 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 the face of the company. Yeah. And uh, I think I want to credit Zambif because they taught us that, you know what, from every mistake that you'd make, you can always still come out you know, and do the right thing, you know, and let people once again regain their trust in you. So that was a great thing for Zambif. And I, w- I would want to think the horseshoe could have done the very same thing mm-hmm. rather than come out, you know, also attacking the people who are complaining. Because then, even if the, 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 the matter was such a small thing at that particular time, it then erupts into a gigantic situation that everybody now says, you know what, we're going to look at this, 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 and this, and that. Mm-hmm. Hence, I'm saying it would be great to know the, uh, their side of the story. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the, the people that were responding to um, everyone else's inquiry kind of like just really um, changed the direction uh, of this particular case because now it looks like that is just their attitude, you know, yeah. because of the way that they were responding. Yeah. It's a constant thing. Exactly, you know. So um, the best way to really go about it is for for them to to come out, mm-hmm. apologize to everybody, you know, um, and let everybody see the different the the, the different side to to the coin. Um, they, they, of course, they are employing a number of Zambians, you know, meaning that people are benefiting from what their cause and what they're doing, you know, for a fellow Zambian being. So it is important for us not to look at, say, uh, let's chase them from the country, this, this and that. What form of, uh, or what, what sort of formula can we now get to implement that will assist us, you know, um, look at such matters, even in the near future, and avoid such situations or such cases from happening. If anything, I would love to see the horseshoe themselves, you know, take up the role and say, look, this is a mistake we made, and would love to advise our fellow, you know, uh, foreign um, investors or foreign business people in Zambia not to, you know, uh, follow in the same footsteps that we went and made that mistake. Let's now treat people equally. Let's learn how to respond to certain queries online and the likes, because that was really quite damning for them. The responses that I saw, um, it paints a certain picture about their, 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 the way they, they relate with customers and the likes. So there's a lot that still has to be done. And I'm hoping that we can take a leaf off that and, you know, treat each other better, even as the locals. And even for those that have come from foreign land to set up businesses here, let it be a learning point for them as well to see how best they can get to treat their, their personnel. All right. Roberto, man, thank you very much for coming through the thank podcast. You. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, yeah. Um, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been good so far. Yeah. Yeah. It's Roberto Raw Conversations with Chromes. Look, Look out for, for the next episode of Raw Conversations with Chromes. With Chromes.